Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, we're so glad you guys took some time out of your schedule this week just to spend it with us this morning, uh, and especially during a, t- a crazy time of year, right? That Christmas, right? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Let's open up a little bit. It's, it's, it's Christmas time. It's only 16 days away, not to put panic mode in anybody's life, but it's 16 days away. And, and, and I mean, you got all these places to be shopping, probably to catch up on for some of you, or maybe just, to, maybe just to sleep in. I mean, it's been that crazy of a season already. But speaking of Christmas, who's ready for it? I mean, anybody? Who's, who's got all their shopping done, all their gifts? Everybody? Oh, we got a couple. Yes, look at you. You know, but the rest of us, you know, we wait for the last week, maybe even the last day, maybe the last hour. We're trying to get that special thing, right? That's 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 a, that's how we roll, and then and then all of a sudden we got 365 days to do it again. So it, it's those those moments of clarity. Christmas is here. We're in this season. He is with us, and so. It's fun, and even in the moments of, of he is with us and understanding he is with us, he's in the with us in the warm temperatures, and he's with us in the what? Freezing temperatures. And those who were with us last night, man, it was awesome. It was kind of cold outside, uh, and, but you brought the best, man. We, we, we did. We, we brought the best out there. We had some lights. We had some fun. We had some singing. Uh, we had a Buddy the Elf on top of a fire truck. It was, uh, it was a crazy hood ornament. I mean, that's just all we can say. Uh, it was fun, though. It was a fun moment. And thank you guys so much for serving and, and being a part of, of just bringing some cheer to a community and, and laughing and being a part and showing that, that Christians can have fun. I mean, the bottom line, that's, I mean, we were up there jamping. I, I saw kids dancing on top of it. I didn't even know what that move was. It wasn't the floss. I don't know what it was. They created their own floss last night. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome, though. It was just fun. And, and so uh, the last thing I want to just really quickly hit is, is, is speaking of just fun, and is, is Eve Eve. Uh, it's coming up, and, and Eve Eve is right around the corner, and you can get those tickets now online. You can go grab them. There's two different options for you. There's a, there's a 5.30 time, and there's a 7.15 time. Uh, that is December 23rd, by the way. Our worship team, man, if you love that, man, you're going to love what, what's about to happen and what's about to go down on Christmas Eve Eve, and so I can't encourage you enough to be a part of that. Share that on social media. Uh, pick up some tickets. Give them away to some of your coworkers or friends or family, and just, just watch what God does during a special time of the year we love to call Eve Eve, and that's, that's right around the corner. And so speaking of so many types of different uh, of, of moments, and, and especially of worship, and, uh, but I think Christmas brings so many different types of emotions out, don't they? I mean, from the joys of experience Christmas with your family, your friends, and, and maybe you got a new baby, but at the same time, we can flip-flop it. Maybe it's, it's your first year to experience Christmas away from your family. And maybe it's the first year without that person being here and you're in a new place and, and in a place that you, you don't feel good at all or, or maybe you even feel alone. Whatever the case may be, we, we, we want to come to this conclusion during this series is, is, is Christmas allows us all to experience something really amazing. And our prayer is that, that together we fully understand this idea that God is with us. God is with us. And last week we, we unpacked that word and it was called Emmanuel. And see, we are actually in a part two of the series called God With Us. And, and here's what we're doing. We're looking at different ways that we can encounter the presence of God in, in, through the different seasons of our lives. From the mountaintops to, to the valleys, to the, to, the, to the storms, and even in the wilderness. Our hope is that is to allow a text, to allow the, the word of God 
from the New Testament to be our anchor, to be our steadfast point, to be just a bunker of truth. And especially, especially in this fast-paced culture that we live in, where we get pulled in every direction, and you even come up here just wore out some days, even this morning, and then you get recharged from that mountaintop experience. But then on Monday, we drift from what is true, from what is right, what is righteous, what is bright, and what has set us free. And it's the Word of God. And before we get into that moment, I have a confession. Now, I love Christmas lights and all of its glory and everything that it, it brings to the table, but let's just be honest. Um, when, when you're out on, on the ladder in the middle of the night, <clears throat> and it's 11 o'clock, and you're putting up lights, and all of a sudden, that's all it lights up, and it does that? I love Christmas lights. Did I say I love Christmas lights? And what it does and how it brings dull things, in, and then they all go out, and then you're just sitting up there on the ladder, and you're wondering what's going on. I, I love the way it makes, and it covers up things, and it makes things beautiful, but then they just sort of go out, and, and then you're just sitting up there on the ladder. And, and I love how Buddy the Elf is really cheerful, but the Grinch comes out every once in a while. And you do some pretty stupid things on, on ladders. Um, you know, you, 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 yeah, I'm not even going to go there. You can fill in the blanks. But those moments of clarity, it just brings you to the point of why. You know, let's just say the Grinch did steal Christmas in the Kilby household this week for a moment, especially when those lights came flying off the house. But I, I felt kind of lost in that moment because there was a lot of personal things that were going on spiritually. And I felt kind of lost and bewildered in what to do because the thing that I loved the most was being taken from me. I felt like I was in a wilderness. It was cold outside. It was really cold. And I don't know why I was out there at 11 o'clock, but I went ahead and and cleaned the gutters too. If I got the ladder out, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do everything. Kids are asleep. Wife's asleep. I'm, I'm, I'm taking advantage of everything. But I was just so frustrated, so lost. I felt like I was in a wilderness by myself. I felt, I felt alone. Have you ever felt like that? Even in the midst of Christmas, where God is with us. You just didn't know how to get out of the wilderness, and you just didn't know how to get out. You didn't know how to take that next step forward because your lights are burned out. See, last week we opened up with this verse in Matthew chapter 1. And hopefully you know this verse now by heart, but it's in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and it says this. Matthew said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, church, come on, Emmanuel, 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 which means God with us. God with us. You see, we open up the series with this one idea that, that, that we all love the mountaintop experiences and, and we love to experience God there. But the truth is we, we get to know him very intimately in the valleys, don't we? And with the time we have left today, what I want to try to do is talk about the wilderness in a way that allows us to lean in and be really honest with God. And I don't know if you came in here ready to be honest with God. Some of you got your bumpers up and you're like, nope, I am not going to participate 
I mean, your lights are burned out. I mean, you're just trying to figure out which one to plug in. You can be a Clark W. Griswold and have that little contraption on the side of your wall and a hundred different pallets, and you're just sitting there going, you know, one of those moments. But it ain't going to work because you're not connected to the Father. You see, there's an intimate voice that draws us near. And when we get to know him, it changes everything. You see, we, we understand him in the valley because we lean into him. We, we instantly get to know him, and then, and then all of a sudden we shoot through the valley. But then what? How do we experience God in the presence in the wilderness? Because what typically happens next, there's something coming. And how you choose to take that step changes everything. You see, the wilderness is, is different from the valley because the time in the wilderness usually lasts a lot longer, doesn't it? Come on, let's be honest. The valley is short and sweet, but the wilderness, it takes some time to get through. We typically run through that valley because we want to see daylight, but, but the wilderness is a barren place, a dry place, a desolate place where you feel all alone. And you're just screaming out, are you here, God? God, are you here? Where's my friends? Where's my family? I thought they loved me. You see, one of the images we found in, in the wilderness is, is wandering. Wandering through the wilderness. Where we're wondering when in the world this is going to be over. A long time ago, I had some friends who really... Uh, pressed into my life, and we used to go hiking quite often into the pinnacles and doing some other things in the Red River Gorge, and he's like another father to me. His name is Jack, and I love him to death, but, you know, there's been a time or two where he would say a statement, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he would always say, Daniel Boone, one of the greatest explorers ever, especially for the state of Kentucky, right? He would always say, he was never lost, Jason. He just wondered a time or two. He just wandered through the woods, exploring what we now call home. So it's okay to get bewildered, lost in the woods, and knowing that it's going to be okay. Can you imagine, though, how it feels just to, just to be stuck in the woods for years? I mean, just feel all alone? Going through that dense forest and our dry place, our barren, and, and, and wondering when we're going to get out of this place. You see, the truth is some of you are in that moment right now. You've been stuck there for years, months, weeks. And you're stuck in a wilderness, wondering when is it going to come to an end. You see, a wilderness experience um, where we might feel empty and don't see any hope. It, it could be that new job that never comes that we were promised. Maybe it's a relationship that does not end. Maybe it's the relationship that you want more out of and you just... Maybe it's a debt that's holding you back and holding you hostage. Maybe the baby you always wanted, but you can't have it. Maybe the addiction that has taken over you and you want out of it, but it holds you back. Possibly even a death, a death that is holding you captive and you can't move forward because you don't know how to do life without that person anymore. Maybe it's every attempt to find God seems to end in silence. And you're like, I feel alone, God. Are you there? We feel lost. We feel disoriented. We feel like nobody even understands it. 
why we're going through it, what we're going through. No one knows. What's so interesting is when you look into the wilderness stories of the Bible, they often follow mountaintop experiences. And so if this is your mountaintop experience this morning, get ready for tomorrow. I'm just being truthful. You see, often uh, it, the, the, the wilderness moment comes right after a mountaintop experience. And for, for, for example, of such experiences on both the Old and New Testament from, from Moses encountering uh, the running and just constantly going to the woods and, and to the wilderness and to, to him leading the Israelites through all this. It was just supposed to last a couple of days, but it lasted 40 years to Joseph, to Elijah, Paul, and even Jesus Christ all traveled through times in which God 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 allowed him and them to experience the difficulties, the temptations, and the lessons learned in the wilderness. Some of you might right right now be recognizing these more readily in a physical sense. These times of seriousness, isolation, confusion, deprived, also exist within the heart, soul, mind of the believer wrestling with unanswered questions, lacking in areas of personal growth and hitting on the spiritual plateau. You just get there and you can't move through it. On any or all issues, faces are just a few examples that exist in spiritual wildernesses. They take place internally, especially after we've climbed the mountaintop or gone through that valley, don't they? Some of you just experienced Christ in a huge way this past year and all of a sudden now you find yourself in a wilderness, or maybe in a valley. You see, that period of trial comes on the hills of when we have a huge accomplishment, a huge achievement, or maybe experience God, and boom, it hits us, and we feel all alone. No one likes to be there. It's just, it's just the portion that we have to be in to experience him. And here's the truth. The lessons learned in the wilderness, they're often valuable to, to the growth and success of your faith in Jesus Christ, who gives you faith. A wilderness experience is usually thought of as a tough time in which a believer endures discomfort and trials. The pleasant things of life are unable to be enjoyed anymore, or they may be absent altogether. And you feel like a lack of encouragement from everyone around you. No one cares. A wilderness experience is often a time of intensified temptations of a spiritual attacks, like huge flaming darts being thrown at you. You see, we cling to this verse. We often say it a lot around here, but it's the truth. The 1010 principle in John 1010, the devil comes to what? Still kill and what? And that could not be, and, and that could be or involve spiritual, financial, emotional drought or any other thing that gets you into that wilderness. Having a wilderness experience is not necessarily a sign that a believer is sinning. Rather, it's a time of God-ordained testing or maybe drifting from the truth, questioning. And see, there's several biblical examples we could talk about enduring the wilderness. The people of Israel and leaving Egypt, experiencing their miraculous deliverance through the Red Sea. The triumph of of finally being free from slavery was was their mountaintop experience, yet what followed was a journey through the desert, wasn't it? 
They, they, were, they, were, they, they were trying in, in their moment of actual, in a, in a wilderness that just caused them a desolate place, and they, and they, they failed the test. As a result, their, their wilderness experience stretched to 40 years, which was just supposed to be just a couple of days. And some of you know exactly what we're talking about because it's been years that you have been stuck. Years that you've been stuck all alone in the wilderness and you don't know what to do with it. Others who can be said to have a wilderness experience include the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 where he ran for his life to a desert area under a broom brush, ready to give up his life, saying, God, take me now. I can't do this anymore. But God had other plans. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 1, 17, where he's trying to figure out his life in, in, in Christ Jesus who gives him strength, and he's running everywhere all over the country before returning to Jerusalem and figuring it out and figuring out his ministry that literally set everything in motion for you and I today. You see, he communicated the gospel in a very powerful way, which allowed us to experience this today. And of course, then we have Jesus. You see, Jesus always, he also had a wilderness experience. And after Jesus' baptism, at once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. In Mark 1, 12 through 13, it says, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And so if you're there, this is actually, you're following in the footsteps of Jesus, so no, this is, this is okay. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals. You ever feel like you're around wild people? It's people just, just trying to just kill you some days? Yeah, okay, wild animals. Jesus had the same thing. But it says, and and angels attended him. They protected him. They're around him in that middle of that moment. You see, if you're taking notes, what I want you to know is these three things this morning. Jesus experiences teachings, uh, teaches us some important facts for the wilderness to get us through. Number one, it is not a sin to be tempted. It's not. It's, it's a portion of how we live and, and how we go through this spiritual pilgrimage with Jesus. Number two, it, it, it's, it is God's will that times of testing will come our way. They just will in those moments. And, and Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he was in the wilderness. In Luke 4.1, Jesus says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan and, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And number three, it says this. We, will, we are never without God's grace. We are never without God's grace. Jesus may have been around those wild animals, but the angels protected him. And if you follow Jesus long enough, during these wilderness experiences, you may struggle simply to survive day from day, from financial to material to physical to emotional burdens may press on you every single moment. The flesh cries out for relief, and and you are forced to wait upon the Lord to find God's peace and joy in the midst of trouble. And and through it all, you begin to mature in his walk, in your walk with Jesus. The Apostle Paul, 
The Apostle Paul gives us some encouragement for those who have this type of treasure. He does it through a jar of clay. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4 and following it through 8, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. And so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. You see, the re- reason for these trials, Paul says, is, is like you, you go forward a little bit. And in verse 7, it says, to show, to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Just, just allow people to see that there's a God working in you that's changing lives. It's not you. It's him. You see, the wilderness is an unpleasant place, fleshly speaking. We naturally want prosperity, don't we? We want health. We want an easy going, don't we? Let's just be honest. But maybe what we want is not what we need. Maybe what we want is not what we need. Think about it this way. The same God who created the garden also created the wilderness. The same God that created the garden also created the wilderness. And there will be times of trials and there will be times of pleasures and our faith will be tested. There is no doubt in this life there will be what? Trouble, scripturally says. But the God of grace will meet us in the wilderness. And what we want is not what we need. And this is so true in my life as it is in your life. And we just got to be open and honest to share it. I want you to think about it this way. Your deepest need, as much as it hurts, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend upon God. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend upon God. And I believe in a group this size, someone feels like one of those stories we've just shared. From Elijah ready to give up and call it a day, to Moses wandering, to Paul searching, to Jesus being tempted. And you might even say these exact same words. I've had enough. It's finished. I'm done. I'm checking out. I just can't take it anymore, God. You have put up the battle. You fought with bravery. You had faith. You went to church. You gave. You did everything. You had courage. And finally, you're just at the end of your ropes. I've had enough. I'm all alone, God. I don't feel you anymore. And Jesus even says, the Father, the end, why have you what? Forsaken me. Where are you, God? God, where are you? In his last breaths, Abba, Abba, where are you? You see, there are some of you that at some point in your life, and many of you at this point in your life right now have said those exact words. I'm done. I'm spent. 
I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. From your family to environments at work to addictions to team being pregnant, dead over your heads to kids driving you crazy every single moment of your day. To the Christmas can't even end quick enough because all you want is a new year. I just want to encourage you. Each one of those guys, those men of faith in the Bible, all had the same experience. It was painful, but it drove them to depend on God. It drove Elijah to a broom bush where God took intimate care of him. He he woke him up and he said, here, eat. Feeding him and giving him drink and bringing him back to health to realize I'm here with you. And I love what it says in, and in Kings 19, 11 through 12. It, it, it says something we often miss and because we're screaming and we're just going through the motions sometimes. And, and, but he, God really gets his attention. Let's just say it that way. It says it, says it this way, you know, and, and, and I think it's interesting that, that Moses also got an undeniable moment of attention when he walked past a bush, didn't he? He could have been running fast, but he, he slowed down enough to see it and for all it's worth, and he, and he went in. But for Elijah, it says it this way. It says, Elijah's moment looked like this, and it says in verse 11, it says, the Lord said, go out and stand at the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by, and then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart, tore the mountain apart, and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was there, an earthquake came, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Even though he's all consuming. Man, he was, he was not in any of those things. And I don't know if it can get anybody's attention. And the stuff and the things that are happening in this world, we're just looking it's like, oh, where are you, God? And it says, after the fire came, a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. I am here. Why is it then when life is so difficult, God's voice is so quiet? Why is he so gentle? Why is his voice so still and so small? If God wants us to hear him, why does, why does he whisper? Why doesn't he shout and say, I'm here, I've got you? Why doesn't he speak so loud and so powerfully so everybody can see it? In spectacular ways, like we're walking with God, mm-hmm, yeah, standing on top of a fire truck going, ha ha! Why not? Where are you, God? I'm stuck. See, if he wants us to know him, and hear him, why does he whisper? And I'll tell you why. You see, God whispers because he wants us close. God whispers because he wants you right here. He wants you sitting right beside him because he's right there with you. Because the only thing you have to see is the gift of life in front of you. You just have to receive it. You see, he whispers because he is near. 
And what I've come to know and realize is this. The devil shouts. (laughs) The devil shouts his lies in our life. But God whispers the truth in abundance. See, God doesn't shout to get your attention. He whispers to draw you close. James 4, 8 says, draw close to me and what? I will draw close to you. What does he say to you? Draw close to me because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I've been with you every single moment of your life. I love you more than you can ever imagine. When you hurt, I hurt from the valley to the wilderness and hopefully back to the mountaintop. I am with you. Why does God whisper? He whispers because he's right here, because he's close. You see, when you get really close, he tells you something very intimately. That moment when Moses was standing in front of the bush, he whispers, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes. Moses, take off your shoes because you're standing on something holy. You're standing on something holy. You're standing on holy ground, Moses. Some of you don't even know that you're standing on something holy yet because you haven't listened to the whisper. There's something very special God's trying to do to you and through you and create something, and you can't see it simply because you can't hear the whisper. Today, if your heart is hurting right now and you feel brokenhearted and you're asking, where is God? Let me tell you where he is. See, scripture says in Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Why does he whisper? Because he's close, because he is with you. David said this and he said this and the Lord is my what? Shepherd. I shall not want. We talked about this last week. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He restores my soul. And even though I walk through the what? Valley. The valley's not my next destination. I'm just passing through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. He's here. He's whispering. He never leaves me because he's always close. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He anoints my head with oil. He prepares a table, a feast before in the presence of my enemies. Surely his goodness and mercies will follow me all the days of my life. Why does God whisper to his sheep? Because he knows us by our name. Because he's close. He knows his sheep. And his sheep know his soft and gentle voice. The most interesting thing I could ever share with you this moment is my father and our farm. It's a crazy story, I know. Farming. But it's crazy that, that I can go out there some days and they don't know my, these cows, they don't know my voice. But my dad goes out there every single day. He checks on them. He loves on them. He, he even got nicknames for every single one. He pets their ears and he can just go to moo cow. Hey, moo cow. And it's like, from the other side of the field, all of them, they know his voice. They know his voice. They come running because they know his voice. You see, David, son of God's presence, he said, where can I go 
from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, I settle in the far side of the sea. Even if your hand guides me, your right hand will hold me fast. Your right hand will hold me. He, how close is the presence of God that he can hold your hand? Why does God whisper? Because he's close. Because he's close. And then one day you'll discover that in your deepest need becomes a gift. When it drives you to depend upon God. You see, when we're wandering in the wilderness and we feel like nobody understands us, he understands and he cares. And he is always good. He, he wasn't in the booming earthquake. He wasn't in the rushing wind. He wasn't in the raging fire. Where was he? He was in the whisper. And if you stop for a moment from the busyness of the rush of this world and you dig a ditch like we talked about last week, you dig a ditch and you prepare the soil, ready, ready, you make a well, you'll be ready for the presence of God and he will meet you there in that moment. Because who is he? He's Emmanuel. God with us. You see, when those moments happen, what I've realized is this, is God's going to create something new. The old is gone and the new is here. The only thing you have to do is to connect it up. And what happens is on the inside, it lights up. But in the spiritual journey, man, it's our job to let it out. To let people see the newness that comes from experiencing a Christ that will provide new light. Something bright for the world to see. Something different, something new. Changed lives that what? Are you there? Are you there in that moment where you just need this? Do you feel like this right now? Or are you really booming with his presence because you're near? As the worship team comes and they begin to play, and what I, what I know right now is this, is I just want to close with this. Is there's a story that's happened this semester. And I asked permission before, before I share it with you. Is there's, there's a guy in this room, and um, through his daughter, man, they said, man, I just wanted to start going here because God's here. I feel his presence, and, and it started to change their family. So he started to lean in. And as he started to lean in, he didn't know what to do with some things because his lifestyle was not where God wanted it. He knew it. He felt awkwardly weird in here, but he knew something was different. He saw light. He saw light. And in that step, he, he sought out some guys because we decided to go take a men's retreat at the beginning of the semester in August. And as we leaned into that, that idea, we just... 
we were sitting around the campfire and I don't know exactly what time it was but I really wasn't anticipating what came next from sitting around a light this guy just came out and said you know what here's my life here's my story here it is here's the truth I don't know God I know he's out there, but I, I just, I need to know, I need to know if, you, if what you guys are saying is real, is real, because I need it. Because I'm in that desert wilderness right now. I'm in that desolate place that I need to know if it's real or not. So we started pouring love into him. And a couple of weeks ago, last week, man, he just come up to me and said, hey, can I talk to you about something? I said, yeah, what's up? He said, can I, can I get baptized? And I was just like, yes. There's so many people like that that's in our surroundings that just won't take the time to slow down and experience God because they're so busy and they're content with this pile of crap. And you try to make it work. You try to make it work. You can't do it. You stretch them out and you reuse them every single year. And you're like, oh, we'll go get another light bulb. We'll find the broken one. I'll fix it. Did you hear that word? I'll fix it. When God just sitting there going, I am near. Draw close to me and I will light up your world in a way for everybody to see if you just trust me. I've never been more excited about a guy because I see the potential in him that can go change the world with his family. And I can't wait to see him go public because God's doing something. And I guarantee he's doing something in your life as well. You just got to to listen to the whisper. You got to lean in and say, God, what are you saying? Through all the other stuff that's going on, the earthquake, the wind, the fire, whatever it is, he's in the whisper. He's there right now, right here in the whisper. And so if you just close your eyes and pray with me, God, we know that you're in this room. We know that you're in the whisper. We know that your, your spirit is moving because we trust you and we feel you. We, we, we hear your voice. But for some of us, we're just so content. We're scared to move. We don't know what to do next. We feel like we're just ready to give up because no one's with us or we're all alone. We're just ready to fight this battle ourselves. Or we use the pride word, I've got this. And those lights never light up. God, may we just today confess if we're there in that wilderness in that moment that we need to draw close that we need your presence in a very real way.
Jesus, I just ask that you move and that no one leaves feeling alone. That no one leaves feeling alone because you're here. You're here. 